rock the cast box. Dead. Hey everybody, this is the Check Engine Podcast, the only podcast produced by three winners of IMSA's Spirit of the Race Award and the only podcast hitching a ride on the back of Marilla Racing's AMG GT4 in the Continental Tire Sports Car Challenge. Thank you very, very much for tuning in. Uh, this is not a professional podcast. This is just three guys who love talking about cars and we want to uh, share these discussions with you and uh, hear back from you. So if, if you're listening, you're probably listening through Anchor.fm or pretty much anywhere podcasts are streamed, Google Play, iTunes, Spotify, and the like. Um, be sure to go to... Oh, yes. On a seemingly weekly basis, we get new services uh, carrying our podcast. We got we another one? Now. I hit the record button and an email notification comes across from Anchor saying that our podcast is now available on Breaker. I haven't even heard of that one. Breaker dot audio slash check dash engine slash dash podcast. <laughs> okay. So, so no one's going to that nope, website. No, nope, but, but it's uh, it, I it, bet it, you it, they it have a there. search function, so just go to Breaker. Yeah, Breaker yeah. audio, which Breaker, is the weird part. Breaker so. audio and search check engine podcast if they have a search engine there, search bar, and you'll be sure to find us. And if you so, use Breaker, let us know what it is. What's Breaker? Why exactly. you use Breaker? <laughs> yeah, I've never heard of it. You can comment on um, well. Just go to checkenginepodcast.com and you can find links to all of our socials or uh, direct email right there from our website. Um, the gang is all here as usual. I'm looking to my right and uh, oh, there he is. What's up, Andrew? How you doing? I'm doing really well. I think we got an episode tonight that's going to... I mean, it's ruined my life personally. <laughs> <laughs> so um, with any luck, we'll probably ruin some other lives. So let's, let's ruin yours as well. Uh, and then uh, over here... Already having made myself a parent. Both of you have before I introduce you. That's okay. Tristan's here as well. Producer. What's up, Tristan? Not much. Not much. Got some new technology on the recording today, so we'll see how it sounds. Yeah, let us know. Mm -hmm. Let us know. Um, It's a good episode today. Oh, by the way, before we go any further, quick note. Today, as we're recording this, is National Best Friends Day. So, happy National Best Friends Day. Happy National Best Friends to Day to the both everybody. of you. Hooray! We're the Confetti. three best Confetti. friends. <laughs> <laughs> three best friends that anybody can have. Uh, no, let's not do that. Okay. I so already we'll, did it, so moving on. We'll uh, pop into, well, what this episode. I'm excited for this episode. This is going to be a fun one, I think. Well, wait, actually, before we do that, uh, we should point out that we have recently been unleashed, we've been unrestricted. And we should probably explain that a little bit. So in the past, we know we've had some episodes where it's going along smoothly and suddenly we're just racing downhill to what seems like a certain endpoint. Because that's exactly what we were doing. Yeah, we were running along, or so we thought. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, Anchor.fm, we love you, thank you for hosting us. They just recently changed their policies around a little bit. We used to only be able to record or upload files that were under an hour in length. So we were getting close. It was actually kind of funny. We were watching the time slowly increase. 57, 58. The <laughs> most recent one was 59.38. We're getting there. Yeah, we were really close. And as Tristan goes to upload our last episode, the Tesla episode, 
the first update several minutes previously from Anchor.fm was now if you record using a different platform, you can upload files of any length. So we are no longer the Check Engine podcast. We are the Check Yourself podcast because you can't just be saying any errant shit you want, even though we can go forever. Yeah, yeah. Now we yeah, we do actually have to pay attention to it because <laughs> we could. I mean, settle in, folks. Get your popcorn. This could be a seven-hour podcast right, right here. We don't like, know. The external controls have been removed. We have to exhibit self-control now. Much Which harder. Is, it's is a terrible idea. I'm so, excited to see where it goes. Yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens. But no, this, yeah. So we can go a little bit longer now. Um, we're gonna try not to, you know, really marathon you guys, but yeah, no. uh, we. We will actually have a normal wrap-up to some of these. We're not going to be rushing through to the end anymore. So that's cool for, you know, the person who does the outros. Yep. <laughs> yeah, I'm definitely uh, I'm not rushing through them. Finding um, seconds of dead air to trim out somewhere to make sure the outro fits. <laughs> right. I feel, like so, it's a new, I feel like it's a new evolution for the cast. I thought when you were talking about being unleashed, it was how we mentioned in the Grid Girls episode that we've been kind of holding, or you'd been kind of holding back and all that kind of thing. And my, the blog I just... Um, released was a was a little bit uh, brash for you know, me. That's all true too. We're getting so. comfortable. We're finding our voices, and they're all angry, and that's good. <laughs> that can only be good. I think that's just the influence of you two. Okay, uh, listen. Uh, wait, I... wait, hold on. This was the one time I got angry. Was that I know <laughs> the one time I've been angry in the entire time that you've known me. True. <laughs> for twenty six years. Come on, man. <clears throat> anyway, yeah. Back, back on back, topic. See, this is what happens when we don't have a time restriction. That's right. Yeah, we'll just use this as the pace lapse. <laughs> That's fair. That could be the pace. Do you want to just skip pace lapse, or you got stuff you want to talk about? Ah, uh, you know what? You want to talk? We got. We got to talk about Cadillac. We can do that, or we could do it as a spark plug. <clears throat> I'm actually down to do it either way. It's probably a discussion that's long enough to merit its own little mini episode. So yeah, we'll do a spark we'll plug. Give about... you a teaser of the next spark plug. Yeah. Is... So um, it's about Cadillac. It's about Cadillac. Yeah, there's something interesting that Cadillac is doing that no other manufacturer of modern cars has done, and I think it's really weird, I think it's really crazy, and I think it could get them in a lot of trouble. Borderline negligent. Yeah, absolutely. So we're going to leave it at that, tune in to our next spark plug that will be released shortly, and uh, Andrew, let's uh, set the table for us here. I'm, I'm fired up for this episode. I mentioned, in passing, that this episode <coughs> had ruined my life. And that's true. That's very true. What we, what we decided we'd do is take a little personal time, do some introspection, and come back to this podcast with dream cars. But not cars that we want to own. Cars that don't exist that we've built for ourselves. Right, cars that we probably couldn't possibly own. Oh, of course not. <laughs> we, well, that's why it's a dream. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. We want to build the best car that we can think of for our own lives and... Now that I did this, no car will ever be this car. So why bother? Exactly. <laughs> that's kind of that's kind of the way I feel. I think there's hope for a car very similar to it, but I mean it's kind of no. Not, not mine. <laughs> you, might as, you might as well rent a rickshaw from here on out because there's, <laughs> just, there's just no point. It even <sighs> it is a little disappointing. Well, okay, never mind. I I do think it's a fun exercise because. When you start, you have you have the image of what you think you're going to make in your mind. But as you dig a little deeper, you, at least I found that the end product was very different than what I thought I was going to make. I mean, I, I just, at least from my perspective, <clears throat> excuse me, from my perspective, no. <laughs> <laughs> 
uh, Tristan has a menagerie of throat lozenges laid out on the table right now. So, anyway. Keeping myself going for you guys. Anyway, um, from my, and, and at least in my experience in this, I pretty much knew exactly what I wanted right from the start. Okay. So, um, I just kind of threw it all together into some notes here and I went for it. There wasn't anything really surprising about it. Um, but that was just me. I, I think it's fun because I feel like Tristan is going to be rather predictable. Yes. I'm kind of in the middle, I think. I, I think... I may surprise you on some things. He's built an Audi of some kind. And that's what I think he did, yeah. He, well, that's obvious. You're intriguing to me, especially when I heard how granular you were going with this. Like, when you texted me and said, I'm picking out my steering wheel, I'm like, whoa, <laughs> he's taking this way too seriously. Um, I might have gone a little crazy. So, I, I'm... It seems like you have an affinity to cars, at least as the silhouette that doesn't that looks rather unassuming. So I'm, I'm thinking there's going to be some sort of hatch or a sedan or maybe even a wagon, something that doesn't look fast but will be vicious. I'm thinking there's going to be a turbo in there. It's, I think that's pretty fair assessment. Oh, yeah. And whether it's aesthetics or whether it's engine, you're going to find a way to get some Viper in it, too. I, I'm maybe. Pr- I, I'm, maybe. I'm, pr- I'm pretty sure. Um, well, I could, yeah, let's just... We can start with mine. Well, let's quit speculating and find yeah, out. Let's find out. <laughs> so my dream car, I actually wanted to start from the most basic component and kind of work my way out. So I actually started by picking a chassis for the car. And it sounds really dumb. It sounds like a, a foolish way to start with it. But I actually went to the IIHS and looked at their highest ranked, their top safety picks plus. Okay. Because, you know, given modern crash tests, actually the chassis has more to do with the safety in the car than it ever has before. So for the chassis, I would like my dream car to be designed similar to the Subaru Impreza or the Kia Forte, both of which are the safety picks plus, which means, I think that means something about the headlights, actually. Because that's a recent test that they added. Either way, they're very, they're very strong chassis, and they're safe, and they're both adaptable because they both come in sedan versions, and they come in hatch or wagon versions. So, of course, Nick, you're right. You're, you're just dead on that I want this to be a wagon. Yes! Because how can it not be? Yeah. Two, okay. two big, big thumbs up over here. Yeah, how can it not be a wagon? You know, it's just the most useful body style for Very easily, just you wait. <laughs> for everyday stuff... It's the easiest to live with, I think. So the engine and transmission was what I thought of next. And because we're, you know, we're dreaming here, we can go crazy. So uh, in my car, I can think, you know, four-wheel drive, uh, front-wheel drive is my preferred method, but I could see how this car would need to be all-wheel drive. I want the powertrain, this is going to sound so weird when I say it, I want the powertrain to be a mix of the Honda CRZ and the McLaren P1. Uh, okay, so how would you mix them? So, um, I'm picturing this. The car would be powered by a small turbo engine, maybe in the liter and a half to two and a half liter area, with mild hybrid to increase range and uh, increase performance and even run for a period of time on the electric engine. All of that is the P1, the small, uh, the small turbocharged engine with a manual is from the CRZ. I, you know, I drove the CRZ and it wasn't fun. But the one thing it did do was show that you can actually have a eco car, quote unquote, that did have a manual gearbox. It drove, sure, you know, like an old uh, manual hatchback, and that that was great. I thought that was great. 
So I think a mix of those two would be really kind of fun to see in an everyday car, even though obviously it's extravagantly expensive at the moment. But I want that manual with a you know limited slip diff in the front. I think a good target for this car would be average MPG in the 40s, maybe low 40 or 45, with the 0 to 60 time in the 6 to 6.3 second range. Because if you had a true eco mode that actually changed the mapping of the engine, changed the torque curves, all that stuff, which is also possible today, right? and then a performance mode which made it more aggressive, I think you could do both. Yeah, definitely. Another thing you could add, which I think would be fantastic and probably help a lot with both the eco and the performance, in the new Toyota Corolla, just their, their base model Corolla with a manual, they're putting rev matching in every car. So clearly that technology has come down <laughs> a lot in price from where it used to be, only on uh, you know the sports cars. Anyways, I think that would be pretty cool. Uh, transmission shifter, just take that right out of the Focus ST. It's the best one I've ever used. It's, it's smooth, but it's decisive. Are you going paddle or are you going actual H pattern? Oh no, gotta have, gotta have the actual stick. Gotta row your own. Row your own. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> Uh, I mean, I, I really did go a bit insane. Uh, it would have to have some nice brakes on it. Obviously, this car maybe, you know, 280 millimeter rotors. That's kind of what's on my car. They nicely fill the wheels. And now that I've had bigger brakes on the car, I don't think I can ever go back to you know what you're missing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's kept me out of danger quite a few times. Where you think stop and it stops. You don't need to push oh, yeah. the pedal down. No, nope, yeah. you just, yeah, you, you perceive of the I idea. I should probably, oh, look, I stopped. <laughs> it's great. Uh, suspension. I, I don't hate magnetic suspension i don't think it's necessary uh fully independent all the way around obviously, obviously. no uh, yeah no solid rear axles but maybe i'd like to see something a little more high performance in the front similar to coilovers i could go for a rougher ride i don't mind a rougher ride if you get more aggressive handling out of it more responsive handling i think this is a, weird, a little bit of a weird comparison for a small car but i think the ride interest in your dad's old a6 it's probably the best car driving ride that I've ever experienced, just in terms of when you're just going along. Yeah, yeah, it's designed for 100 mile an hour days on the Autobahn. Yeah, and yet it's very communicative, <clears throat> too, yep. you know, to what the road surface is like. It was really quite beautiful. Um, and then <laughs> I have a note here. You're just describing the ride in the Focus ST, so I guess. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess that's there was at I least heard. a tie for the best car you've ever ridden. In. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, I even picked a designer out. Is this weird? Did anyone else pick designers? No. No. Okay. Maybe it's weird. This is on you. I don't care. Uh, Peter Schreier, who you may know, Tristan, he designed the Audi TT, yeah, the A3, every Kia that anyone's ever cared about, and or, uh, the homeboy, Chris Bangle. Bangle! From the BMW E81 series. Oh, you're like allow that. him to beat your car to death. Okay, with listen. With the design stick. He was a prophet. He <laughs> predicted. Okay, okay. No, we're not doing this. We're not doing this. <laughs> Almost got him dragged in. Almost. I, I think people will remember him more for the E90 3 Series. They're the 3 Series sedans that have the pointed tips on the edge of the headlights. That's a, you know how I describe it most. Yeah. Lack of headlights, a better term. Headlights on fleek. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I'm thinking like... Absolutely. Oh, and uh, Chris Bangle, this is, he coined a term for car design called flame surfacing. For anyone who doesn't know, when you see cars, and now every car has this, that have kind of ghost lines running along the side of the car that go usually from front to back, but don't 
<laughs> they don't really describe anything on the card. The right. line is just there. Because like, sometimes you'll get things that are trying to mimic an actual panel. Right. Where it's all just one piece. They just crease it hard so it looks like another panel. Yeah. That is not this. No, it's it's just a line that runs the length of the card or the length of the side that defines the shape. But it doesn't follow the body, if that makes sense. So, you know, like the One Series is the perfect example of this. It's a small hatch, but it's got this line that goes from the rear kind of down across the doors and into the front. It doesn't do much, but it gives it just a little flair. I really like it. I'm a huge fan, and, you know, most people do it now. And when it's not done correctly, you get things like the cruise hatchback. Yes! Where oh, yes! It, I can't remember. Does it, does it end, or, like, it doesn't match up or something? There's a nice flame-surfacing little crease that runs from the front wheel well it starts from the front. to the rear wheel well, but doesn't continue appropriately on the back end of the car. Near the rear light, it jumps about two inches. And it's super distracting. It just goes like, and it's yeah. in a different place. I'm like, no! <laughs> yeah, yep, because I was like, oh, man, I like this car. Oh, whoa, whoa, what's that? Yeah. Once you see it, yeah. You, you can't, can't unsee see it. it. Oh, yep. Some pictures. That's, that's what comes next. We just that's okay. Jake. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm picturing a back like the Golf Mark Six um, side, side profile like the first gen one series or the Forte Five. Both of those have some nice flame surfacing on them. And the front, somewhere between the Forte Five, the original Audi TT. So, you know, the, it's not as dumb as this sounds. A front that looks like a car. Yeah. Where you know it's not trying it to is be a grill anything. And yeah. Headlights. You have grill. And you have cut headlights. Out the lights. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Everything is there. But nothing's overdone. Uh, and I I gotta have dual center exhaust. Okay. Obviously. Or maybe even like the quad exhaust like they had in the old Lexus RCF. Yes. <laughs> but not tips, like true quad run exhausts. Yeah, for sure. That'd be so great. Uh, I, I guess I had to ad- address wheels in this. I made... Yeah, you did have a big stink about it. Somewhat of a fuss about wheels. You did make a big stink about wheels. It doesn't matter. I know the perfect wheel. Uh, it's got to be the BBS FS. That's that multi-spoke design. I think it's eight spokes uh, in the BBS style. They're very thin and they're mm-hmm. tapered. Okay. Or the... You look scared, Tristan. No. Oh. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> or, uh, Tristan, the rims that you had on your A4 wagon, where they were the Enkai... Um... Yep. Um, I don't remember the model number. Spoiler alert, so we can just skip that part in mine. I chose the same rims for my yeah. car. Because I love those, and I was sad when I forgot to take them off when they totaled it. Yeah, they're, the evolution of that wheel is called the EDR9. It's a nine-spoke, and they have a, a... Nkai's signature is an edge-to-edge design. What I mean is, most rims, the spokes don't all the way meet the lip of the wheel. They kind of are, are machined just to the inside. They kind of tuck in. Right. Nkai goes all the way to the edge of the wheels, and they usually make the edges wider, kind of triangle-shaped. It's, a, it's a, just a really simple, very classic look, and it fits on any, any car, really. The interior is, kind of, I think, where I lost my mind a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> well, now you think you've lost your mind. Listen, this is, this is a dream. you got to feel the dream. you got to right. feel it in your soul. <sighs> <sighs> also something he texted me. Feel it in your soul. Because you Capi- said, well, capitalized, you're doing too much. Capitalized ah. soul. Yeah. Anyways, one of the nicest interior spaces I've ever been in is the Lexus LC. It's that little, not the little sports car, it's their, their top of the line now sports car. Mm-hmm. And it's just, everything is designed around the driver. You know, so it has a nice, ha- a nice high armrest. Everything kind of curves around but maintains a straight line across the dash. 
I think it's absolutely beautiful. Got to have nice sporty seats. Yeah. Bolsters. You got to wrap around your, uh, around your hips a little bit. Oh, yeah. You got to sink into it. Big time. I, you know, I think interior materials, you, you can't do better on average <clears throat> than the VW group. So their leatherette is nice. Their leather's nice. Their cloth is very durable. I don't care for any of that micro suede stuff. Mm. You know, just like a nice leather outline, maybe cloth in the interior. Uh, gotta have the contrast stitching. That's super important to me now. Yes. Yeah, I gotta have that. Now, just because, do you have it on your new car right now? Uh, I do. It's red seats with black stitching. But having seen it, that's not very dramatic. Inverted is dramatic. Yeah, exactly. That's what I was gonna say. The black seats with red stitching is divine. I want the instrument bingle to look like the Ferrari 488. Okay. Everything is trapped inside a geometric pyramid. Yeah. And then it's just kind of clustered. But here's the big trick. I want the traditional look to the gauge cluster. So, you know, three circles, Mm -hmm. but I want them kind of stretched out in the middle. So the top and the bottom display the circles and it's kind of rounded on the outside. I want the center to be a customizable LCD panel. A lot like, God damn it, Nick, the SRT Viper. Yeah, <laughs> nailed it. I knew you we were gonna work it in. There. I was just waiting. So Dodge, Dodge did this with the Viper. They, you know, they have um, their instrument panel, but it's really just a, you know, a, a square LCD. I just want it more stylized than that. Right. By default, and I've never seen this in a car, but I in a modern car, but I love it. Horizontal speedo. Gotta have a horizontal speedo. <laughs> it's so just. I just love them. They look dumb, but I. So I what? Like, them. would you run this the horizontal speedo across the bottom of the cluster and across, then have your gauges? On the I would top? run the speedo across the top. Uh, so speedo across the top, uh, half gauge tack on the right, half gauge info gauges on the left. So temp, oil pressure, and then that leaves the center of the screen open for your customizable. You know, whatever you want to show up there, nav car info all that that's actually a a pretty pretty nice idea to have the screen that you're going to be looking at like very close to where your sight line is going to be when you're looking out driving at the road instead of having it in the middle of the dash where you actually have to look away to see it ferrari actually does that but they do it in the tack window or they did at least so you couldn't it was not that useful um good idea but you really couldn't see it yeah I'd also want all of the gauge cluster and interior lights to be customizable. So you can choose between a few colors. I like the red for night. I don't like it so much during the day. Currently, my car has white interior lights and blue console lights. Super distracting. Sure. Even on their dimmest setting, white gauges in the middle of the night are just blinding. Yeah. Kind of dumb. Yep. To go with all of that, uh, the center stack would again be from the Lexus. So it's a nice screen, but it's hidden under a cowling, a straight cowling line that runs from the driver's side to the passenger side. And it's kind of tucked away. Mm-hmm. So it's not just out there. Uh, I, I do want hardware buttons for most everything. For HVAC controls, I got to have the regular uh, blinker sticks and no, no fuckery there. <laughs> <laughs> like Ferrari that puts everything on the wheel. Can't have that. No. Because the steering wheel's just got to be simple. I want mechanical buttons, not uh, who's doing who's doing touch buttons. Mercedes Benz. Yes, does yeah, touch they're doing, buttons. Yeah, they're doing flat buttons. They they're okay, but you can't. And Lincoln. And Lincoln. Lincoln's yeah. Doing, yep. But you can't feel any tactile difference between those. You're not. How are you supposed to know what you're pressing? I don't. That's yeah. It's not my thing. So maybe uh, like the Kia Stinger wheel. 
It has all the physical buttons. It's quite nice. Here's a really important one. All the footwells in the car, they have to come rubberized, like something that you'd get from WeatherTech. Why don't they just do this in cars now? That's, that's actually a really good question. I would assume aesthetics. People, I, if you live in Southern California, you don't want rubberized interiors. Carpet looks nicer. I suppose You can always true. add it after the fact. But it's just that, you know, but, it's that super tight polyester carpet. It doesn't look great. You know, sure, when you buy your 911, you're buying lamb ass or something for your phone. <laughs> it's just totally... Soft and buttery lamb ass. Exactly. Lamb ass wool. <laughs> I don't know. I get that there, but in a normal car, even if you do live in California, you're going to the beach. You get sand up in there. Yeah. You get all sand up all in your business. Like your favorite car, the Honda Element. Tristan. Tristan. That's another episode we're going to be doing sometime. (laughs) Most hated cars cars go there right now. All right, okay. Um, I got it, I got it, I got it. Let's see here. Okay. Car technology, good sound system, maybe designed by some company, whatever. Just at least 500 watts, nice speakers. Line in, USB audio, blah, 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 blah. Uh, ABS traction control. Some kind of stability program that links in with uh, electronic LSD that gives you the ability to have multiple driving modes. So uh, comfort mode or an eco mode, a street mode, and then you know a track mode. So the whole car would kind of change a little bit in performance response. Cruise control, heated and cooled front seats. I'm, I'm not sold on... Any of those low-key autonomous vehicle features, I think it could be talked into auto brake, but I, hmm, I don't know. Uh, I, I'm an anti-driver aid guy. Blind so. spot monitoring. Blind spot monitoring. I would take I, that. I, I would get that one. But what always kills me about blind spot monitoring, though, is that brands had started to include built-in fisheye mirrors, which are brilliant. They started doing blind spot monitoring. They got rid of those. Yeah. Mm. So you have to rely on it. Which I yep. hate. I and hate it. That's the whole point. Otherwise, there wouldn't be a need for it. And if you're the person who is in someone's blind spot, it scares the absolute bejesus out of you because that light on the mirror comes on. You think they're going to nick reusing their turn indicators. You yeah. Th- you think it's a window mounted turn indicator and they're coming over to hit you. Some but of in them fact, are so bright. Yeah. But in it's fact, it's just bright. that little bright. Hey, there's someone in your blind spot light, and that terrifies me. You know what? It's Mazda. They have giant ones in their mirrors, and that it looks like an actual light yep. every single time. Yep. So you think, oh, this guy's just trying to be courteous and let me know what he's about to do. Yeah. But in fact, mm. but in fact, no. He's just responding to you being in his blind spot I just automatically. Wish, I just wish it was a better place for that. I, you know, I, I enjoy it sort of, but, you know. <laughs> Another thing that official analysis from Andrew, (laughs) (laughs) like so many of these new technologies, it is a really good idea made by some very smart people and then dumbed down for people who don't know what lane discipline is. That's thank you. That's the downfall of technology like this. Truly, you are validating my my blog. I know this entire episode is great. Read his blog; it's fabulous. Hot, hot fire. Um, what was the last thing? Oh, here's a here's a really big one. No in-car audio adjustments. None of this dampen the sound on the outside, pipe in fake engine Oh, noise. yeah, no. None no, of that. None of that. It's, have you ever experienced that in a car, Nick? No. It's awful. Because it's not convincing. It's very, it's very clear that some idiot is playing a fake engine noise over whatever you're playing on the sound system. 
And a lot of cases, well, not a lot of cases, in some cases you can't turn it off, you can only turn it down. down. Yep. Why? Just roll the window down if you want to hear the engine. That's exactly, that's <laughs> exactly my theory. Yeah. Let's see what More else about here. that later when I, when I start rattling things off here, actually. Other, another weird wish. I want a uh, manual hatch release alongside a glass release. They don't do that on cars anymore. No, and very rarely even on SUVs. Exactly. Mm, but yeah. it's super, super important. Have I have that on my it. have it on my Grand Cherokee. Yeah. And it's great because I can then, for example, stick building materials, long ass fishing poles, things like that that don't quite fit in the vehicle. You can pop the glass, stick them in through the hatch, and they are not gonna fall out. You don't have to yeah. tie them in. It's a brilliant design yeah. thing that went away. That's actually a really good point. Yeah. I miss those. You can pop the glass and reach the cooler. Mm-hmm. Without having to open yeah, the gate anything. all the way, <laughs> put a dog in the back. They love that shit. Yeah, when you park when you park the car and yep, you know, they can stick their head out for a minute. Yeah, they stick their head out and look around. <laughs> they love it. Other random things before I get to the last thing, which is color. Let's see here. I, mean, I already talked about the glass. Um, you know, we'll just go right to the color. I gotta have lots of colors available for this car. Yeah, I would cars imagine. don't come in enough colors. Obviously, we all know this. But it has to be customizable inside and out, like a Rolls Royce, or just come in a bunch of different colors. (laughs) I I picture this in my head with a pearl white exterior, so just a little bit of metal flake, bright metal wheels, slate gray interior, with brushed metal and or carbon fiber trim, and contrast stitching and seatbelts in lime green. And the caliper is lime green on the outside, too, like like Porsche and... The electric 918s. Yeah, Lamborghini does it, too. A couple couple of them just like the hybrid... Cars yep, and the green. and the black and green highlighted hurricane. Yeah, has green calipers. Boom! That, just right there. I saw I saw one of those. I think I mentioned it on a neat car news or something, or on one of our just chat rooms or something like that. The black hurricane spider mm-hmm. with the green calipers and trim. The stitching in the seats was lime oh, green. Man. Oh my! It's such a god. Such a, a good pretty. look. I mean, that's it. But the issue is. No other car can ever satisfy me. <laughs> Not anymore. Not anymore. But I would like to say I can see mild hybrid that's used in a way that does multiple things like they did in the P1, that does increase fuel economy, that does run as its own engine, and also does provide better gas mileage. I feel like that really does need to become a norm because right now they really only do one thing or two if you're lucky. Generally, you don't get an electric car that does a little mileage on its own and performance increase and increase gas mileage. But I think that's what needs to happen in order for me to ever look at a hybrid car. I just need that little bit of extra performance. It's not bad. I'm just pleased with myself that I was three for three on the Shut things up. that I predict- Shut up, predicted. No one cares. For Shut up, no one cares. Well, wagon, turbo, viper. <laughs> one, two, three. Bang, bang, bang. He's got me, well, folks. Allow, got me, him. allow me to give you at least one more. Um, cause for, uh, I will gonna start pu- going to pump say, me up a little bit more. I'll, I'll start mine. I'll start mine now. If everyone's ready, go for it. So, um, uh, yes. The, uh, I went with existing body styles. Um, I didn't, I was kind of thinking more along the lines of like perfect Franken car versus I want to you know, starting way. from scratch where with like just a platform and then putting your own sheet metal on it. Sure. So this is how, this is how professional we are folks. The parameters for this episode were never really defined. Yeah. (laughs) We just just said, build a dream car. Yep. And that can be hard. You go close to your heart. Right. So for me, it is definitely my B five generation, a four Avant wagon body style. 
So that's fairly yep. <laughs> fairly obvious. And then the the one piece of it that I was actually looking for input on, um, and because I couldn't I couldn't make a decision. It is uh, two also two VW Group power plants. Sure. Um, I was looking at both the 4.2 liter V8. Should that fit, and it should, because they also shoehorn those into relatively recent uh, S4 and RS4s. Yeah, they've had that in had that in in that same amount of engine room. Um, it's hard to get to. It's hard to work on, but they did get it in there. Mm-hmm. Um, or possibly the turbocharged five from the uh, RS3 or the TTRS, considering that the A4s of that generation are about the size of the three series, uh, the A3 series cars right. are now. I don't think that would be too little of an engine for that car well, to be no way useful. I, I'm trying to think what the horsepower is in the TTRS. Is it in the almost 500s? Isn't it? It's uh, it's high. It's almost it's almost four. I think it's high three. What's the horsepower in the V8? About the same, 320-something. So the fuel efficiency is probably better with the Turbo 5. True, but V8s are... They're smoother, they're, smoother the they're quieter, they're usually higher torque, at least right away. And you could probably get for turbo some egg. pretty unbelievable tow capacity out of that little wagon. <laughs> probably, <laughs> probably and bear in mind that that 4.2-liter V8 was the basic engine for a lot of other things as well, um, yeah. that, you know, they increased output, increased compression, things like that, and got way more out of it for some of the RS cars, right down to turbocharging them also. What's so, a pretty bulletproof engine. Right, that was what I was thinking, is it's one of my favorite engines of all time, that and their 1.8 to 2 liter 4 pots. Sure. Um, but I really quite enjoy the nature of that 5-cylinder in its non-turbocharged version, naturally aspirated. It's kind of a interesting little engine. Um Got the chance to drive one occasionally in my dad's Passat before that went away. Um, That's right, I forgot about that. So, uh, but uh, definitely something that is, it's an interesting engine, very powerful um, for its size. So you get probably better weight balance, things like that. That I I could see actually being an issue, I think. In a car that small. I think Nick's right, and you might have to go with the turbocharged. That's what I have written down. Not that that's bad, necessarily. It's not a terrible thing. To go with a 500 horsepower Turbo Five, right? Yeah, I think not a problem. Be, I think you'd be no, okay. Which with is that. why, though, but now you can see why I had kind of a uh, I don't know which one to go with. But on ultimately, it's your dream car, man. It's your decision. Well, right. That, I, mean, I, I, I mean, I couldn't like if I had a dream car. Apparently, they would have both. We can't make your dreams. <laughs> dream it, you fucking dreamer. <laughs> um, moving along with the drivetrain, um, although it is an Audi, and I might be set on fire. Um, by some angry German man um, for saying this, the driveline would not be the uh, Quattro Heldex all-wheel drive system. What? Oh, I know what he's doing. It's a WRX driveline. Yep, yeah, there yeah. it is. Because yeah, it, su- it would easily support the output from that Turbo 5. But I guess why with, would you switch? With, because what you mentioned with the selectable limited slip diff, mm-hmm. they've got that controller where you can set it for pavement gravel snow ice mud right and you can set your um your limited slip diff and your torque vectoring and your torque split for various surfaces is that even do that even in their rs line no really um not that i know of, at least not last time i looked so um there are modes where it's like sport mode track yeah. mode whatever yeah but there I, there are not variable surfaces because i don't think there's no pretenses to it being a rally car 
Right. So okay. um, so that drive selection that Subaru has, um, while still getting the mechanical all-wheel drive, it's not an electric all-wheel drive system, I still do appreciate all-wheel drive systems with actual differentials that yes. you know lock up with a fluid lockup, it's not an electrically done thing except for some deciding what your limited slip is going to be. But mm-hmm. the activation of that, um, you know, active all-wheel drive uh, is, you know, symmetrical up to 50-50. That's actually that a, I, good, that's a really I, good PSA for people out there. Um, if you're driving a modern SUV, unless it's a Subaru or unless it's an Audi you're almost guaranteed to be running around with electronic four-wheel drive. Yeah, which is just front-wheel drive that when the front wheels start slipping, it engages the differential to send power to the rear wheels. Right. The important thing to remember about those is those electronic components have pretty low protection barriers. So if something starts going wrong with the car, you're going to lose that capability. If you're in a lot of snow... If you're yeah. off road, if you're if you're making it do its job or it's shuffling torque around, they overheat quickly. Yes. Any all wheel drive is subject to it. I have a little overheat light on my Outback. Mm-hmm. I've never seen it, um, <laughs> uh, but it is there. The all wheel drive system, the all wheel drive service light will come on if you overheat it. But it, the threshold for that is far lower. And remember, if you are waiting to engage an electronic all wheel drive system, you've already started to slip true so your the reaction time of the all-wheel drive system is far lower you will eventually get yourself unstuck but you're not immediately sending power to all four wheels long so, story short you guys are driving you guys in SUVs are driving like assholes in the winter and i won't stand for it <laughs> now <laughs> i added that part i edited that part out of the blog oh well i mean yeah that's its own thing we've got to put was, it back in yeah, anyway put it back in there so um that's why i chose that particular all-wheel drive system because sure. mechanically it's very similar with some of that adjustment um, that I would be looking for in a dream car. Um, I start to move to interior pretty quickly first, after I went with mechanical. Um, I was going to break it down by steering wheel, gauges, all these other things, but I found something But I found something that fit the bill almost perfectly right off the bat for me, just kind of scrolling through pictures, just like you know, Google image searching, you know, center consoles on cars. I'm just kind of mm-hmm. flipping through and it's like, oh, what is this? Oh, what's this? What's this? And found one. I was like, ooh, yep, I, I like that whole thing because I was looking for it piece by piece. Yep. Didn't even have to split this one up. The uh, McLaren 720S, the steering wheel, and center stack. Describe them a little bit. The steering wheel is a flat bottom carbon fiber wheel with um, mm. with leather only in the places where your hands grip most of the time. Mm-hmm. So it's got a cool look to it, and you can change the color of the leather. Sure. Um, uh, and the center stack, normally in most cars today, you've got like a very HDTV aspect ratio, wide and short mm-hmm. LCD screen. On the 720S, they flip that 90 degrees, it's vertical. That's right, yep. yeah. So, oh, so nice. you've got all your controls in a vertical kind of look and display yes. with buttons along the side. So you've got physical buttons for the really important stuff and a vertical LCD for everything else, including my choice of in-car entertainment. It would have to be CarPlay. I, I missed that in my current car by one model year, and I'm mad. So oh, I right. so I definitely want it now um, when, when I'm in my dream car. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that would be the the center stack and the steering wheel are from the McLaren. Sure. Um, and the placement of the binnacle will be from the McLaren. But inside, back to Volkswagen Group, but not just because I love it, because everybody loves it, the... Um, their current like digital cockpit that they run runs things behind the gauges. 
Really? So if you're familiar with like the current iPhone, there's like that little notch at the top. It treats the gauges like notches. So let's say you're running your GPS. The GPS actually runs behind the gauges. Hmm. So, and it keeps the most important part in the middle where there's the free space. And it runs along the top, all of your radio information. And then along the bottom, all of your supplementary, like engine temperature, you know, oil temperature, oil pressure, electrics all along the bottom, the entertainment stuff along the top. And you've got your tack and your speedo on both sides. Yeah. And, and kind of all around all this stuff is the the GPS and other important information that's you, because that way you're not looking at a separate screen for that. Right. Um, so it's like the turn by turn directions, right? Yep, in the are middle. right in right. the middle um, with the maps. Oh, wow. So actually, it'll show oh. you the map right in the binnacle. That's awesome. So you're not looking down to that center stack. Now, that center stack is still there to do all the touchscreen stuff. Mm-hmm. So, you know, so you've got variable buttons because with CarPoint and stuff like that, you don't know what it's going to look like. It's person to person. So you want that center to be still customizable, but that's why I went with the tall, narrow one versus a, a, a wide one yeah. because that way you've got the stuff that's important right in the binnacle, and then you've got the all the touch controls in a more phone-like interface. I like tall and narrow. I don't like wide and short. Of course. So that was that one there. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, for sure. The transmission holding it all together took me a while to get to um i couldn't really find anything overly unique um i was like kind of looking for what i would what i would want and i finally found several once i started looking it kind of like i went oh that's a good review of this particular piece of hardware i wonder if there are any others and there were apparently despite any other reservations i might have about it the C7 Corvette. Ah. Had, yep, it has <laughs> a <laughs> it has a, a seven speed manual. Yes, it does. It does. Which I imagine, depending on the amount of power, a lot of times you're going to be skipping a lot of those. Mm-hmm. Um, but it gives you the ability to put it exactly where you want it. Um, you get a, a more granular control for your manual transmission if you're using more gears, obviously. Right. Um, then little details. Um, for me, the the shift knob, my favorite shift knob of all time, the Miata shift knob. To be honest, really, it's a little, it's it's small. Yeah, it's uh, tiny. That's but, a buzz. But kill. I but I don't have giant hands. I thought for sure you were gonna say the golf ball. Yeah, because the golf no. ball. But I, but I like the look of the Miata shifter. It's small, but it's leather wrapped, and then on the top, the shift pattern is sta- is stamped in, mm-hmm. and it's actually stamped into the metal. It's not like etched on or painted on. It's actually machined into the metal and i i really find that attractive so that was I why i chose that one the shift knob in my car yep. it's always throw it away <laughs> yeah it's always do it again <laughs> crumple up that paper and just start again yep um as far as colors and interiors go i didn't put a ton of effort into it because i kind of knew what i wanted i cannot divorce the idea of a, of a dream car from my actual attainable dream car um Fair. because i just can't it's something i've wanted ever since i saw my first one um so the extra exterior color Aviator Gray. Nash. Um, mm-hmm. Fantastic color. You can actually still custom order it. The paint code is there. It really is um, a great color, It's though. a fantastic no, it's a color. badass color. I love um, it. And then uh, the interior. We're talking about contrasting stitching, and I was thinking the dark to light, which is what the TT had, and, they, and the TT had it as leather seats with leather stitching like a baseball glove. 
Ooh, Ooh, that's that's really cool. Yeah, and it's super neat. Yeah. Um, and like so they had uh, like dark brown leather or light brown leather. Mm-hmm. And then depending on which one you chose, with the dark leather, you kind of had the natural hide color stitching. Yeah. And with the uh, light colored seats, you had like a red, like a baseball, like an actual baseball yeah. stitch. Oh, man. So that's cool. super cool. That's what How I much wanted baseball for the do you watch? Right? Uh, apparently not enough. I don't know. I really like <laughs> the look of baseballs. I should just look at baseballs is that what you're saying um, <laughs> uh, but, it's funny uh, that that was your reference yeah, when I, I've never known you to watch a baseball we game we have well, 197 games until baseball games alright let's all calm that down. is what they called it to be fair it's oh, okay. with contrasting baseball stitching so that's where I learned it from um, one other tiny detail and I'll basically be done um, we already mentioned the rims they would be the basically because it's the same body style it'd be the same NK rims that I had on my original version of this car. It is a really, it's just such a classy look. Even people who don't know what the rim is, you've definitely seen it. And they're not high polish, mm-hmm. but they're not dark. They're kind of in between. I think um, just brushed is what they yeah. call it generally. Um, and uh, so then the last detail was something that I was, I, I loved it when I first saw it, hanging out at the Audi dealer, um, waiting for maintenance to be done. I was poking the radio on the A8L <laughs> and turning the radio on and off. Oh. And when you turn the radio on, the speakers come up yeah, out of the dashboard. Oh, yeah. Which which gives you a higher plane for the sound to come out of. It's coming out closer to your ears, and it's coming out all the way around. It's not being projected like up out of the dashboard. It's hard to get speakers to point at the driver without them kind of being like bolted on to the dashboard. Yeah. In this case, they just hide, they pop up, and then they can point music right at your ear holes. And it's a great listening experience, and I think it's really cool to watch. It is really really cool. Because then you can, like, pretend like you're a Jedi, like you did that shit with your mind. Yep, just lift it up. Yep. See, for me, it would be... And then turn the radio on. They come up, yeah. So so it would be like that. Um, But that's my last kind of, like, little vanity detail, um, would be the speakers popping up out of the dashboard. That's awesome. It's not a bad car. I like it. Very predictable. I like your Audi WRX. Yep. Yeah. Audi RX. <laughs> all that's missing, all that's really missing from what I mentioned um, in our chat room was the uh, spare tire from the Jeep hanging off the back. It's actually on the roof rack pre-runner style. <laughs> <laughs> How could you not know that? Oh, well, amateurs, right? Rookies. <laughs> all right. Okay, smart guy. Yeah. So here's here's the deal. I took Karnak. I took a very 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 different approach to this. Feasibility is completely out the window on this because when I hear <laughs> wow. dream car, I just dream it. Like this is a true Franken car. I didn't spend time worrying about like, well, would this be able to handle it? Would it fit in the engine bay with the ride? Like, no. Like <laughs> <laughs> none of that. I don't care. Of, I don't care. Like this car is gonna look cool. It's gonna sound cool. It's gonna be fast. It's gonna be comfortable. Let's hear it, man. I'm All ready. Right. So we're going to get the color out of the way first because I'm pretty simple with my colors. I like black, black. cars. Yep. <laughs> we all know that. It's just, yeah. This car is going to be black on black on black on black on black. All right. Black rims, black mirrors, black rotors, black interior, the whole thing. Black mirror. <gasps> <laughs> just like the TV show. Oh, that's right. The TV show. I never even thought of that. Anyway. Black mirrors would be hard to see out of. But not the mirror part. <sighs> oh, my God. You just refuse to be cool about this. <laughs> <laughs> I refuse to be cool about anything. <laughs> oh, man. So, the the body frame, essentially the shell without any mechanicals or innards, is going to be the Ferrari 458. Okay. Yeah. 
<laughs> Andrew, not a fan. You know my feelings about the four eight. It's, yeah, you, it's, you like the four eight eight better. Yeah. I get it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know. We, we went over that episode two. We, right. were, we went over that. Right. Moving along. Moving along. <laughs> the engine is going to be the four point eight liter V ten from the Lexus LFA. That had a V10 in it? It had a 4.8 liter V10. Oh my god. I did not realize that. 553 horsepower. Six-speed sequential transmission, so paddle shift. Sorry, did it really? It did. (laughs) I thought for sure it was a V8 in there. 4.8 liter V10. We lost him on V10. (laughs) Sorry. He cannot wrap his mind around it. Stunned. A piece of Andrew's brain is sitting on the floor. I'm on Wikipedia right now. I'm not standing for this. Yeah, go look it up. That's where I found it. (laughs) (laughs) All right. The reason I chose this engine, and those of you who have heard it know, the Lexus LFA was the best-sounding car ever produced, best-sounding streetcar ever produced. They, they spent, when they were designing the vehicle, they, I can't remember if it was multiple years or not, but it was at least one year, a full 365-day period, when all they worked on was the sound. That's so amazing. During the development. I'm, I know that car was in development for multiple years. It had to be for a, a while. Yeah, because of that exact I, I, reason. I, I think the I think if I remember right, the first concept of it, and it was never intended for production. I think the first concept came out in like oh three or oh four. Very well, could be. And the reception was so good, they said, "Oh, we should produce this thing." Sorry, I just googled the LFA and the MPG. You know, shows the little Google yeah. box. <laughs> the MPG eleven city sixteen highway. <laughs> Again, feasibility was not in my that's vocabulary. All you need to see. For this. It's clearly a V10 at this point. Yeah, right. Yeah, that's all you need to see. But when you hear about people getting hooked on cars or getting hooked on motorsports or anything like that, you hear about it being a sensory experience. Mm-hmm. I mean, you talk to anyone who got hooked on F1. One of the first things I mentioned is the sound, especially back. Not now with the turbo hybrid stuff that they're running but back in the day when they were pushing 20,000 rpm out of those and engines everybody and that... makes the same noise downshifting folks if you haven't google lexus lfa and look up some videos engine on a dyno or just the car in action that's what it sounds like mm-hmm. it was the best sounding road car ever produced so that's the engine that's going in the back of my 458 body it's something very special but for the drivetrain, going for another car that I have a soft spot for, we're going to take the drivetrain from the car affectionately known as Godzilla, the Nissan GTR. Right, of course. Speaking uh, of another car that's been, that was years in development by very meticulous Japanese engineering. Yes, years in development, Ooh, very meticulous. <laughs> very, yeah. Um, and really, the, the reason for this, again, you can look this up, the launch control on a Nissan GTR. Just the complex, it is very complex, it's a complex system, but this thing off the, off the line, off of a dead stop is just bliss. It's divine. Um, it comes with a system, um, the acronym for it is ATESA, um, and it's essentially a really, really wicked limited slip. Um, electronic sensors, they got hydraulic, um, hydraulically actuated clutches. It actually has a yaw rate feedback. Oh my God. Like a real time yaw rate feedback control to manage the slip angle. Mm-hmm. And the front rear torque range from when it actually engages can go from 
the ratio can go from 298 to 50-50 in a blink of, in a snap of a finger. Wow. So, I mean, the traction on the thing is just unreal. The launch is amazing and it's it's one of those constantly up, to, you know, once every however many thousands of a second it automatically adjusts to the conditions that it's sensing. Mm-hmm. Um sublime handling, sublime sound and power in my car so far. Of course. But one of the parameters was you got to be able to drive it every day. Yeah, naturally. So it's got to be comfortable. In a 488 body. 458 body. That's right. Okay. So, so it's got to be comfortable. Where are you putting your groceries? Here's the thing. <laughs> Roof rack. Uber. <laughs> Uber. Uber Eats. I only Here, order here's, food. Here's the thing. We said that we had to drive this car every day. Got to drive it every day. We didn't say that it could be the only car. No, of course not. So I could have another car with trunk space. True. Or if I can afford a car like this... This is my grocery car. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. If I can afford a car like this, I can afford an assistant to do my shopping for me. Yeah, that's also true. So, back off. I got it all covered. I thought this all out. Fine, it's not in the spirit of the exercise, but whatever, it's fine. I think it's. I think mine's more in the spirit of the exercise, because it's like oh, a dream look car. Look at this. It is this a dream guy. car. You guys, like, made the most practical... Besides the McLaren bits in both of yours, you guys made, like, the most practical car ever. But of course, because that's the car... You dream about it's your perfect car, but you get to drive it every single day. I get to drive this including one every single day. Including in the winter, day. including... This thing's got all-wheel drive. We can handle the winter just fine. going to the store. And, of course, if I could afford this car, I could afford to live somewhere besides Wisconsin where it's warm and sunny and I have to deal with winter. Also true. So... <laughs> fine. Got fine. you there, too. Whatever. But anyway, if I am driving it every day, it's got to be comfortable on the inside. Mm-hmm. So that's why the interior I chose was from Mercedes Maybach. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Going. It's bigger on the inside. (laughs) Going all out. Again, what fits what capacity? This is just bolting it on. So yeah, we have to obviously shape it for the inside of a Ferrari 458. But they have what's called energizing comfort control. (laughs) Magic fingers. They they name the inside. They name their interior at Mercedes Maybach. So. That, sorry, that's the name of the actual interior itself? That's like, not the technology that's, in it? That's just, the interior space. Oh, my God. It's <laughs> energizing comfort control. So, obviously, it includes climate control. It includes um, heated, ventilated, diamond-quilted Napa leather seats. Are they massaging? Yes, but I think I'm only going to... Only gonna... in the rear. <laughs> so, I think I'm going to... I don't want anything only in the rear. <laughs> oh, come on, you got to live. Hashtag no kink shaming. That's right. <laughs> so I think I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna pivot there because I don't know if I'm gonna want a massaging massaging seat while I'm driving. Uh, it's so only, it always scares me at the auto shows. And since the four five eight is a two seater, we can't have massaging seats in the rear, so mm-hmm. we're gonna have the passenger seat be massaging. Yeah, fair. But you know what else this includes? It's also heated and it's ventilated. I think I mentioned that. Um, there's also Fragrances? No, there are not. Yes, there what are. fragrances? Like a, Name them. I don't know. It just said fragrances. It didn't say what they sandalwood. were. Sandalwood? Tea berry? I was actually going to say sandalwood, <laughs> and I'm pretty upset that you took that. <laughs> Good thing I had tea berry on deck. It's got ambient lighting, so around the you know trims of the doors and the dash, that comes, you can 
64 different colors, distinct colors, that you can choose to rotate or you can pick <laughs> That's a That's digitally controlled. <laughs> Why didn't they just go uh, WRGB LED at that point? If you're going to 64 colors, go to 164 billion. But uh, we anyway. need to, hold on, we need to pause for a second here because you just skated very neatly around this scent thing. But you have to tell me what scent would you want your car to be spraying at you? Ooh, pepperoni pizza, citrus grove, fuel, race fuel, fuel. burned, <laughs> burned or unburned, burned race fuel. There you go. Burned okay. race fuel. Race track. He wants race track. Wants race track. I can respect that. Definitely. There you go. Unless I'm on a date, then it's something like some sort of cologne, like Aqua de Jo or something like that. Okay. All right. Yeah, I can move on now. Okay. We're good? Yeah. We good. I don't know what color I'm going to choose with 64 I'm going to choose from. Black. Black. <laughs> <laughs> Is off a choice? <laughs> no, like black light. Black light? You don't want that. No, you don't want to. You, you, you don't want to see that. You don't want to see what's going. You don't want to see that anywhere. No, that that's creepy. That's what that is. Well, I'm not cool about anything we mentioned Although that you before. Could the, you could put the sticky stars up in the headliner. That's classy, like a Rolls Royce. <laughs> I don't think those are sticky <laughs> stars. <laughs> Our own homemade Rolls Royce, <laughs> little sticky stars. Those are no Rolls Royce. They apparently, I thought they just did this all the time, but apparently there was a feature they had, and then they took it away and they brought it back. They do this thing in the headliner of the Wraith, is it? Yeah. They run little fiber optic lights across the whole top of the car and it's supposed to look like stars or whatever. Yeah, they do. It, and you it, could actually customize it, like if you want a certain constellation, I think. Like you can, I'm sure you can, can put it. They'll put them in there for you. It's a roller. Yeah. So, Mercedes Maybach interior. Um, besides the, uh, the quilted Napa leather, there's also um, satin aluminum trim. Mm-hmm. So, the best kind of aluminum. Yeah, satin aluminum. Subtle, classy Definitely. aluminum trim. Yeah, absolutely. That wasn't sarcasm. I was actually agreeing. No, that <laughs> is the best kind of aluminum trim. And the, the, I, I didn't go into wheels and brakes... I thought that was all kind of applied. You don't care. You just want it. You just want it fast. Yep. That's yep. Okay. That's it. It's but my no, dream car. Yeah, from the four five eight, you could probably use the same brakes. I'm sure they have the you know the Competizione brakes. The Competizione brakes. Well, I've also brakes. I've also got the dri- the drive train from the GTR. Yep. So you can throw the brakes on there. Um, tires, definitely Pirelli P zeros. Yeah. I didn't think about tires. Maybe Pilot Sports. The poor man's P zero, <laughs> or um, the Yokohamas made with the uh, the orange oil with the orange oil. That is really cool. I would get a set of rally tires. <laughs> we know. I would probably go with the P zeros though. That's out, out of the out of the uh, the orange oil Yokohama as a spare. In the, there you go. In the, <laughs> put those on your grocery car. In, in the trunk. <laughs> in the grocery car. <laughs> so what would the, you just keep the Trailblazer as your grocery car, or maybe? I would keep the T McB as the as the uh, grocery car slash beater slash tow vehicle. It's fair. Well, I gotta say, I... I think my car is the dreamiest. Well, I also think it's interesting that basically everything that you picked, the main components, are all... Yes, they came from main manufacturers, but they're all coach-built. I mean, when you really look at the LFA... The engine's hand-built. Absolutely. When you look at everything in the GTR, all of those cars are actually different. Yeah. And, you know, no two GTRs are the same horsepower... They don't really even run the same because every little thing is adjusted specifically for the little flaws in the manufacturing. Obviously, Mercedes Maybach is all hand stitched and all yeah, hand everything. Yeah, I think that's really interesting. I never would have expected that. I thought you'd just say like, I don't know, a C7 with two engines, <laughs> 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 one in the middle where it should be on a car. No, no, nope, 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 never. 
I refuse. We're going to talk about that sometime, and I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, you're not. Yeah, when it happens, we're going to have quite the podcast. Oh, it's, yeah. It might just, be my last one. It's going to be an hour of Nick weaving openly. Yeah. And then throwing my mic against the wall. But I no, I really do think that's very impressive. I never even considered anything like that. I I just looked from available parts, really, and and kind of fit together like Lego what I think would fit best in my life. Tristan, you went all recognizable parts from a brand that already fit together in one shell. And I feel like it, he, his, like he had experience in most all of it. Yeah, absolutely. Besides the McLaren 720S stack. Yeah. Yep. But he's used a phone before. I mean, really. That, yeah, I mean, that's what it is. Yeah. That's, you know, that's, I think that's why I was drawn that to sounds, it. It sounds trite, but genuinely, when you get down to touchscreens like that, they all function more or less the same. Yep. Yeah, and I, like I said, mine was mostly based on things that I know I like. I didn't go out of my way to experiment, because why would you dream about something you don't really know about? I don't. I that's what dreaming is. I totally is. agree. I, no, I agree. That's what dreaming no, is. No, by definition, for example, you can't dream up a new face. You can only dream of people you've seen in your life. Your, your, your body, your mind cannot make up a new face. Even if you don't recognize them, it's someone you saw that yeah, day. Yeah, but you've seen these cars before. Even though you haven't driven them, you've seen them. Very mm-hmm. true. You have an idea, so you yeah. can dream about them. Well, I know what I like. <laughs> I'm just, so you're I'm not dreaming. You're, just... you're, you're not dreaming. You're just thinking. <laughs> it can I, okay, be my listen, think no, car. We're not, we're not making this into a deep thoughts podcast. I just, I can't yeah, exactly. do this anymore. <laughs> <laughs> this is going to be a meditation on whether or not you can think of a face that you see. How dare you? How dare you? How dare you ask me that question? I have to defend myself <laughs> you just, from this one over here. Again, I say you just refuse to be cool about this. Uh, yeah, I do. <laughs> uh, son of a bitch. I'm going to be thinking about that. Oh. <laughs> you. You wake up and you're like, all right, where did I see that guy? <laughs> so, and, damn it. Andrew's intent when this thing started was to ruin other people's lives, and then Tristan just ruined his it again. Has, this has ruined my life multiple times. <laughs> yep. Once when he was thinking about his car and me just now. First just my automotive life, now the whole rest of it. Now any dream you have. Here's the... <laughs> No, that's gonna drive you know him. That's I gonna know drive him. It's gonna be great. <laughs> he's gonna need like next time we see him, he's gonna like meds. have not slept for what eight I think days. Sucks Big about bushy it. beard. <laughs> but no, here's what I think sucks about it. Now I'm just gonna be looking at everyone, wondering what identifiable feature I'm gonna pull out of my ass <laughs> in some dream, and then oh god, you're <laughs> dream. You're, you're just a dream dick. about that lady. I'm, I'm the best. I'm the best. Oh man. God. Can we please wrap up? Yeah, let's do it. Yeah, so on that this, note... This one has gone off the rails. This is what it, happens it when you don't have a time limit. This is really what... I mean, the, sim- the simple prompt of build your own dream car is so open to interpretation. That's why I think it's very interesting. Well, I think it, it generated three different types of response. Yeah. Not even three different, like, preferences and things, but, like, we thought of the prompt in three very different ways. Mm-hmm. It's cool. I think this is a fun exercise for anyone to do, no matter how you think about the idea of a dream car. Yeah, let us know. Comment on it, folks. Tell us what parts and pieces are going into your dream car. And the only parameter is, apparently, it has to be driven every that's, day. Yeah, that's it. you yep. got to drive it every if day. If you're particularly handy, send us a render. Ooh, that oh, would yeah. be amazing. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll throw that up on, our, uh, on the socials and everything for sure. Yeah, I mean, um, I think that's pretty much it. I think we're... I think Case we, closed? I think we've dreamed a... Dream of time gone by. Oh, you had to do it. I was waiting. I was waiting for it. <laughs> you were now waiting for that. Yep, I, I was. <laughs> All right. Well, 
before we can bicker ourselves to death here, let's wrap this up. Get us out of here, Nick. All right. Um, Play me off. Play me (laughs) off. (laughs) (laughs) Curtains. Um, Any thank yous before we, uh, before we take off tonight? Uh, I would really like to thank all the, the entire history of cars because they've offered such incredible diversity that, especially for me, when I was looking for things that I liked, I know that there are a lot of things I hate, but that's actually really good because it opens your mind to the rest of what you like, and that's where you find things that really surprise you. That's always exciting. That was the deepest thank you we've had in, since we started this. Yeah, I don't know if I can follow that. I mean, I guess thanks to barbecue sauce then. I think <laughs> I did that, I think I did that one already. Um, boneless wings? No. Um, uh, no, I would say thank you, and this is also sincere, thank you to Volkswagen Group for, because it's, 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 you know, where does your love of cars come from? And that's where mine came from. I think, yeah, I had experiences going to dealers, looking at things at auto shows, catching up with them at the racetrack, things like that. And that it, they really drew me in to be excited about a car. Mm-hmm. I think I, we've talked, we discussed it in our first episode, I believe, where it was like, what was your first car? Volkswagen group car. You know, I was re- I was a reluctant license you know guy. I didn't I wasn't like pouncing on it right when I could, mm-hmm. until I got excited about driving something with four rings on it. And I think that yeah, it is a sincere thank you. All right, very 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 touching. Um, I would like to thank Anchor.fm because um, with they 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 took the chains off. Heck yeah! <laughs> and they they let us kind of spread our wings a bit, and it, they're not charging us any extra for it. So that's uh, right. So let us know what you think of our new format, our new, our new lo- longer five minute longer, longer format. format. Oh, yes. yes, we made it. <laughs> that's I was I was terrified you were going to tell me we were like fifteen over. We, okay. Yeah, we're five. Before we're good. get to fifteen over. All right, we're going to wrap this up then, folks. And as always, we want to thank you for tuning in, um, even if we suck which this new format might, <laughs> you all are still awesome. So please keep tuning in. You can find us, obviously, like we said, Anchor.fm. We're on Google Play, iTunes, Spotify, Overcast, Pocket Casts, Radio Public, CastBox, and there's a new one. The new one is Breaker. Breaker. Breaker.audio. Breaker.audio. Um, folks, also, comment, please. If you're listening... Please let us know about your dream cars. Let us know about any of our past episodes. You can find us direct email either any of our names, Nick, Tristan, or Andrew at checkenginepodcast.com. Or if you just want to reach us as a group, inbox at checkenginepodcast.com. On social, we're at checkenginepodcast. Um, Be sure to like us there Um, on Facebook. If not, at least share us because if you don't like us, someone else might. Um, Twitter and Instagram, we're at checkenginepod. There's no cast on the end. It's just at check engine pod. So we look forward to hearing from you there. Um, thanks again for tuning in. That's going to wrap it up for this episode. We will talk to you again very, very soon. Later.